In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Betches Media presents. He believes that it's a woman's right, it's a woman's body. Body and it's her choice. Gaspacho police. Oh my god! You got young people who want to date, want to do things that young people do. The Betches Sup Podcast. Sayonara, sucker! Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. And I'm Millie Tuberis. And this is the Betches Sup Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics for the first time. This squad is all together in person in the Betches studio. I can't believe it. I know. I Wow. Here I, we all are. Here I'm we like, are. This is cool. <laughs> <laughs> I know Millie is only, you've only ever been on the podcast virtually. Only ever virtually hoping that an ambulance doesn't go by, <laughs> that my dog doesn't see a pigeon through the window, that my internet works. It barely does. Ugh. So I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, and... I mean, speaking of, you got a new laptop today, I got which a new is laptop. world news and I got politics. A new laptop, yes. <laughs> I did. I did ask for the gold, and then when I opened it, it was the space gray. Mm. I debated like going yeah. back and exchanging, but I'm like, Ugh, I just need to get on with my life. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I just need to move forward. I need to move forward with my life and exchanging laptops. Like, who has the time? Yeah. Did you exchange it? I can trade it in and get like love credit, oh, okay. but then it's like two, it's like $200. So they said like, I have two weeks or something. I don't know. I had to get new AirPods. It's been two years. What's oh that? God. Yeah. I, I, I have like headphones from Best Buy and they have really good protection. Oh really? Like Geek Squad mm. ones, but like Geek Squad. So if anything happens to your, your headphones, they replace it. But I just saw like my headphones are just starting to crap out. And yeah. I saw that it fucking, the protection ended in August and I'm like, <sighs> oh. They know. It's not you a know, coincidence. I, I saw something on, on Instagram this morning that said March is the only month this year when Mercury doesn't go in retrograde. And uh, something's going that on, That is though. true. Mm. That is true. But I also read something that said for like half of the signs, this is a catastrophic month of intense change. And... Um, <laughs> 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 well, that tracks. That well, tracks. Pisces season is often uh, a time for growth. Growth. That's a time a nice for growth, it. and sometimes that can be painful. But true, you need it. Painful but necessary. Painful yeah. but necessary. So obviously, there's so much news. Tons of news. I hope you missed us yesterday. I did have some people say they missed us, which was which was nice to hear. Thank you. Thank you. We missed you too. And obviously, there is so much news today. So we have the State of the Union. We have a war still going on, and we have a 43 year old governor having tantrums at young high school students. So this is 2022 triumvirate we're dealing with today. Mm. I do want to start with Ukraine because it just feels silly not to to get into things we're probably going to laugh at before we address something that is not to be laughed at. Ukrainians are still holding major cities, but Russia has now killed thousands of civilians, according to Ukraine's emergency service. They say 2,000 civilians. Russia bombed a TV tower that was once that was on the site of a Holocaust memorial and have sent bombs into government buildings in near residential areas. Russian strikes have hit at least three schools and damaged a cathedral and shops yesterday in Kharkiv. This has been going on for a week now, and there are cities that have no water or electricity and are too dangerous to get resources to, so we're entering 
or perhaps we already have entered the part of the conflict where like people are going to perish because they can't access like fundamental needs. And the number of refugees created by the crisis has now passed one million. <sighs> a million refugees. It's so crazy how fast that happened too because I remember writing the sub newsletter earlier this week and it was 500,000 and then I was like Mm -hmm. went to write it today and it was a million and I was like that happened so fast yeah I mean if I had heard if I had stuck around and then I heard 40 mile convoy I'd probably leave well yeah yeah Yeah, I mean it's incredible like there's all this like memification of this war and everyone's like oh look at this they're so badass like for defending but it's like the realities of war is like not a meme. It's mm-hmm. it's real. Like mm-hmm. people, you're they're not gonna, not gonna have water. Like there's definitely no internet. Like yes. people are dying. Like it fucking sucks. And I mean, this is the stuff that everyone was trying to avoid. And Putin worked really hard with in conjunction with Trump to weaken um, Ukraine's uh, yeah. allyship. Yeah, I have. I I think the the your point about the memification is really interesting, Millie, because I've been like like anybody else, completely struck by how brave some of these people are. And like, you know, we talked about it when Ginny was on the podcast. Like, it's hard not to see a picture of like a Ukraine, a young Ukrainian woman like holding her own handmade Molotov cocktail with like a cool hat on and not mm-hmm. be like, yeah, badass. Yeah. But I do worry about like us five days in trying to like, I, I feel like we're already trying to make this story, this like triumphant thing. Like the Ukrainian people are pushing back and they mm-hmm. are, but it's, at the end of the day, like, I think we're about to enter into something really scary, which is where we're actually going to start to see, like, the might of the Russian mm-hmm. military force. Mm-hmm. And as powerful as a story we want to tell ourselves about what the Ukrainians are doing and, like, they are really brave and they are fighting, there's a certain point where it's like, okay, but actually we're just in a war. Do you, exactly. Yeah. Do you think the memification and the people that are probably only paying attention via memes misrepresents, like, Ukraine's ability to fight this back. Like, I think, do you think people are like, you know, it looks like Ukrainians are doing okay, surprisingly well, everything's fine. But like you said, I mean, give it a couple days and some of the people that we've been celebrating in those images, terrible things might happen to them. Yeah, I mean, I wor- that's that's kind of exactly what I worry about. Because on the one hand, it's like, obviously I want to glorify people who are fighting and mm-hmm. who are brave and who are staying and defending their country in this like enormously powerful way but I also don't want to start making myself feel like oh this is saving private Ryan and like Mm. obviously everyone the good guys are gonna win at the end and obviously like these people they're so good I I can feel myself when I watch that stuff be like well obviously they're gonna win because they're right Mm -hmm. and it's like that's not Mm -hmm. actually how things shake out and so I feel I don't know. I feel ourselves wanting that narrative so bad because obviously that would be wonderful. Mm -hmm. But like that's not, I think, where this is headed. And I think just like piggybacking on your point, it's like the memification. It's also like, yes, like, cool. Everyone's making their own homemade Molotov cocktails and coming together. And we're seeing this like performance in this way that we haven't seen like where maybe, you know, maybe the content of World War II of women going to work and building whatever would be really cool. But yeah. the realities mm-hmm. of war is that people don't get access to basic needs, that people die and all of that stuff. So it, it and it just feels weird with this memification. It's like, 
are we going to treat this like any other news story where in five or 10 days or two weeks, everyone's like, oh, I'm over the Ukraine thing, or it becomes like this big joke and it's not like a reality. That or it's not fun anymore, maybe. Exactly. Like suddenly, yeah. suddenly they see what's really happened. And another factor I've been thinking about a little bit, and like, I know that these things, these circumstances are totally different. However, I do sometimes, I do understand why it feels like a slap in the face to Palestinians, for mm -hmm. example, or black Americans who have had to protect themselves from from violence in this mm -hmm. country to see the glorification of a lot of a lot of of white people who mm -hmm. are are doing this whereas like you see you would be a lot less comfortable and it would not be appropriate at mm -hmm. all for for good reason to share you know pictures of women defiantly fighting the IDF of course I, it's totally different it, yeah. these are not comparable but i do i do think that for some people who have 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 fought oppression and didn't get the same like worldwide universal celebration yeah. for factors that might involve what they look like and other stereotypes like just uh, that's been on my mind too totally 100% I think like what we're coming up against is uh, we're seeing the ways in which the world like the world was restructured after World War II to cater to Europe and the West and that includes Russia and China a little bit but like you know we do have this mentality where we don't think about these conflicts in the rest of the world or similar situations or people who are dying or young men who are going to fight in the rest of the world, even in conflicts that are different. And I think that the reaction we're seeing now is because like Putin broke the rules within our confines of our game and he stepped yes, exactly. into the West's area and broke a rule there. And it's like, oh, no, you're not allowed to like do this. You're not allowed to kill white people. Well, yeah, you're not, right. to, you're not allowed to do this here. And in our on our doorstep, we do that in other places and we destabilize other places. And like you broke the rules of our game that we created specifically. And so it's, I mean, it's really difficult because it is scary. It is a, a different level of magnitude <laughs> when Russia is involved. Yeah. Like I do think part of the level of alarm is because literally Russia is involved and that's yeah. very, very, very scary. But yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, what's happening to the Ukrainians has been happening to people in many, many places and it's no more or less horrifying anywhere else. Yeah, yeah and yesterday I was taking an Uber somewhere and there was like a morning radio show with Charlemagne the God and he did like Donkey of the Day and it was this guy who called in and, and like, it was basically like Charlemagne's whole argument is like, how do we have money to go uh, defend Ukraine and fight in these wars when people are starving in America? How do we have, you know, which I'm like, on one end, I'm like, sure, yes, but it's also like, okay, then then do you want to get taxed more? So, like, yes, exactly. Do you want to, like, yeah. what are you doing to, to end uh, hunger and poverty? But it's also this thing of, but, you know, he did bring up this good point of, like, there's all these resources, like, the you know, I mean, we talked early, early on about how Republicans were pro-Putin, and yeah. then they've done, like, most of them have done a pivot to be like, no, 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 wait, hold on, yeah. <laughs> unity with Ukraine. But for the most part, it's like, it's been pretty easy yeah. to get them to get money, you know? Uh, and of course, it's not as much as we, you know, Biden's been fighting. The Biden administration has been fighting for infrastructure and everything. Uh, but it is like a huge slap in the face of like, 
we're taking we, we took away the the child tax credit and and all these like big things that were helping people and then suddenly we have resources to work for the you know oh and, right right yeah yeah so it's like that is like an argument that i've seen with black americans you know that's been interesting but it it really does like decontextualize that it's like yeah because republicans are fighting and then also like it's not just like we're meddling in this war that has nothing you know it's like it kind of does have something to do yeah. with us because russia's not going to stop they're going to keep inching and inching and inching so it's like it's a tough you know, do you know that uh, running governments is really tough? We give them a lot of shit. We give them a lot of shit, but it is a tough game. Yeah. In following the news lately, I have been finding that. <laughs> Hot take only made up betches. <laughs> it's actually really hard to run the United States of America. It's, it's hard rough. to make good it's decisions. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. On the note of refugees, because this has been um, a storyline throughout the week, we're finally starting to get some real information and acknowledgement that non-white people trying to flee the war are being blocked from doing so. This is largely, these are students from Africa or people from the African continent. But I've seen a lot of videos where, or actually, I've seen one video, I think I've seen the one video that um, 
people are like, Africans are being stopped from getting on the train. I'm like, how do you know they're African? How do you know they're not black Ukrainians? Mm. Which is how, how I feel like you know there is racism in it. Mm -hmm. But the UN Refugee Agency has finally, there were a couple days of people posting about this, mostly people, black people on social media with big followings and getting really a lot of pushback and getting questioned about if this was accurate. Um, mm -hmm. In in big news moments, you want to be careful with social video. Mm -hmm. But of course, these these videos were portraying what they appeared to be portraying. And the UN Refugee Agency has said, we see this has happened. This is appears to be happening um, on a limited basis. This is not a policy to exclude these people. And we need to make like nations that are doing this. This is a war. What are you doing? Let people go. Let people go where they need to go. So Ukraine's like official Ukraine's foreign minister has said that Africans seeking evacuation need to have equal opportunities. No question. And the Polish prime minister's office said on Twitter that Poland will be providing shelter to everybody who is fleeing Russian aggression against Ukraine, regardless of their nationality and ethnicity. Yeah. <laughs> it's like crazy that this. Oh, man. I feel like this just people just got really re-traumatized by being questioned about whether this was happening and yeah. whether it was productive to to share. Yeah, I mean, there, there's like a gaslighting to it, which is, I mean, which like black people have to deal with with regard to racism all the time. I was just, I was just reading a quote by someone and it's like a very, very famous black female thinker whose name I'm not thinking of, but she was talking about how like racism basically steals time from black people all the mm. time because you have to constantly be explaining things that are like true to mm. other people and you have to be going around and like proving things that are actually demonstrably true when you could be wow. using your time to like do other shit. And again, a very smart black woman thinker said this, not me, <laughs> and I can't remember who it was. Was it Brittany Cooper? Might have been. Might have been. <laughs> it certainly might have been. But yeah. either way, like that's what I'm thinking about in this instance. Yeah. So now black Ukrainians or Africans who are in Ukraine have to flee from a situation and also prove like that racism is happening to them at the same time. It's like that's a valuable time that these people who are literally fleeing war don't have to be explaining what's going on. Experiencing racism and then telling people and then having pushback. It's like so fucking crazy. And it's, you know, I mean, where would this issue be without social media? Totally. It's like without these black thinkers, without these prominent people sharing these stories, you know? Um, that's a nuance that I'm sure, you know, because... People talk about all the time, like, are more things happening now or are we just getting exposure to things? And I'm I'm thinking about different wars and different conflicts we've had and like all these nuanced issues that we are exposed to on social media. Like we're, we're, we wouldn't have heard it. Right. Like we just hear about World War One or whatever, but we don't hear about all these nuances and stuff and like react to it in real time. So there's that. And it's also, yeah, yeah. it does take a lot of time. And I'm sure these people are like scared for their life. They're yeah. like away from home and away from their their temporary homes and then not allowed to like flee a war like that's so crazy and disappointing and i mean i i definitely you know again another argument for like that has discouraged or another like discourse is like these people don't even like black people why are our american resources going to you know defend this country that doesn't treat us properly and it's like it's so complicated and it's not black and uh, black and white, yeah. no pun intended. <laughs> um, but it's also like, 
I get it. You know, that's like a, a real argument that people are having and I'm totally seeing. And I feel like, you know, exactly what you said, like black people have struggled with that in every armed conflict America goes into. Like it's a question that, you know, in looking at other wars like Vietnam, it came up in an enormous way where like when uh, Muhammad Ali was like not going to the war, that mm-hmm. was one of the things he talked about. It's like, why am I going there mm-hmm. to do this? And again, and I mean, even in wars where like we were fighting for good, which obviously like World War Two, we were, <laughs> America loves to talk about what we did in World War Two. But even then, it's like it's a conflict, whether the war or the conflict that we're going into is righteous or not. It's something that black Americans have to think about every time because it's like that dissonance is always going to be there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the post-war, I mean, like, look at the benefits generationally from post-World War II. I will say, not to like completely switch the topic, but there has been like actual misinformation with queer activist influencers where they're like, oh, donate to these Ukrainian organizations only because they're Mm -hmm. helping queer queer youth escaping the war and there has been i think there was an article in the cut or in yeah. the yeah. new york times or something gawker, about maybe? oh and gawker it was gawker. gawker it was gawker sorry um completely different than the cut but there was an article about gawker saying that there are these queer influencers that are like give money to these organizations they are helping queer youth and it's like that's not like demonstrated that's not like proven yeah. That hasn't been a thing. So mm. it's just really interesting. Yeah. Like who's being questioned, who like people are believing right away and who people are doubtful. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's definitely true. So let's pivot to this week's State of the Union, where Russia and this conflict definitely played a big role. When President Biden entered the White House, he had a sort of State of the Union light where he did a joint address. So I forgot that this was the first time that two women as Vice President and Speaker of the House had joined the president for uh, for the speech. That was exciting to yeah. see. Yeah, that's cool. I, and I, it's cool every time. I liked Kamala's like brown yeah. suit. It was like, uh, I think Alex English tweeted, like it was UPS brown. <laughs> but, <laughs> so we love the boys in brown. But, but Listen, uh, yeah, I was like, it, what, if it Legally works, it works. was iconic <laughs> for that reason. Exactly. They, pay, they apparently pay pretty well and have like treat most of their workers okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that it's like, to your point, I think it's like a have flip book. There. Yeah. Or, yeah, oh, right. It's like a flip book for like every every like state of a union is like like closer and closer the women are getting and now and we're just like two pages away from it being in the front yeah. locking into place locking yeah. into place we'll see we'll see yeah yeah there was like i did it is can you imagine having to sit knowing that 100 million people are i don't know how many people watch it are looking at you for an hour and a half what do you do with your face what do you do with your hands that is why, like, when people go to, even on either side, when people go too hard on, like, the vice president and the speaker yeah. for their sitting etiquette, I'm like, no. What would you do? No. It's not even that, like, people are watching. It's like, anything's going to be a fucking meme. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, the fucking, I still have pictures in my phone from the, the vice fly? president. The fly. <laughs> the fly. There was, like, a fly Twitter account, like, immediately. And, like, I still have Kamala, like, Reaction memes. Right? You have to sit there being like, I just pray to God a bug does not (laughs) land on me. Um, But it could be right now. Yeah, and it's like, 
Is there a bug? Nancy, I feel I like Nancy know. always has her memeable moments at the end, doesn't she? That year where she, one year she ripped it up, one year she, she had the funny clap, and then this time um, we're on a podcast, but she did a very strange movement with her hands. I don't know if you guys saw it. Yeah, it was but like, like this, is, this is being very nitpicky about an eight-year-old woman. Yeah. They, they sat very well for an hour and a half. I did like there was one part where- uh, <laughs> well, We're celebrating yes. every woman at company. Yeah, absolutely. In Women's History Month, yeah. goddamn. Exactly. The first they two sat women, well. The first two women to Sitting sit in silence queen. for an hour and a half while the yes. president speaks. Girl boss moves. I mean, there was one exchange where I couldn't totally tell what Kamala was saying, but I think that she was saying to Nancy Pelosi, like, what were they saying about about the ladies that were chanting, and uh, Nancy Pelosi told her, and Kamala Harris was like, "Okay, whatever." <laughs> just, just shook her. The most memeable moment. Um, I this person maybe would have been twentieth on my list of who I thought would get a meme out of mm-hmm. Justice Stephen Breyer. Really cute. Oh yeah, very cute, very cute, very cute. I'm like, <laughs> you forget? <laughs> no, yeah. no, no. I'm like, he, he was seems really... a little fat. I love it. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I forgot that. I guess I haven't really, like, seen Briar in action. No. Really. But it was very much, you know, I know we got some Swifties here. It was very much Taylor Swift at mm-hmm. an award show. Totally. totally. Like, <gasps> me? me? Oh, who, me? I'm retiring? <laughs> <laughs> you all know who I am. I have one of the most respectable jobs in the land. Oh, yeah, it's please. Like, I worked super hard on this album and promoted it. <laughs> You're voting me? <laughs> I made a masterpiece. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> so like we said, there are also two more women who insist on drawing attention to themselves. Lauren Bobea. If you are new to this podcast, Bobert. we insist on that pronunciation because we assume she hates it. <laughs> Republicans hate French people and French things for some reason. So we're going to go with Bobea. And Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, they turned their backs to Biden when he entered the chamber, which was dumb. And then they just shouted at him. They also jeered just as Biden was discussing cancer research <laughs> that would benefit victims such as his late son, Bo Biden. Yeah. Like they chanted and he took a minute and sort of looked at them and was like, like my son, Bo Biden. Oh my <laughs> yeah, God. it was like their cha- they started the chant kind of before he was mm-hmm. like, yeah. I'm about to talk about my son who died of cancer. But it's like, it's not like they're not shameless enough to. <laughs> you know what? They're like culturally appropriating. They're trying to be the squad so bad. They're yes. trying to be like the cool outliers. Like they're trying to be AOC, yeah. you know, where she does her reactions and she does her little quippy things. But the difference is that AOC is responding to Trump being racist, sexist, misogynist saying that immigrants don't belong here and then she does like a quippy fuck you know she yeah, can't yeah, even yeah. say fuck you but be like huh, or whatever and then you have so they know that that works they know that yeah. that pisses you know uh conservatives off and what are they trying to do they're trying to bite off aoc and the rest of the squad but biden is a mod you know is a centrist moderate and he He's not a socialist, yeah. like yeah. they say. Like, did you yell at him when he said fund the police, which yeah. we'll get to? Like, well, yeah. But the speech was written for you, babe. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly my point. It's like, he's not saying anything in center. He's like, no. cancer is bad. He didn't say the <laughs> word abortion. <laughs> he didn't say the word abortion, which we'll, which we'll also get to. Like, this is very We have critiques. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there are things to boo at. Spoiler alert. Yeah. It was, <laughs> we have it was a, like, very funny reaction to, like, what ultimately was kind of like Very a nice old man talking for an hour. <laughs> like, he, you know, again, Biden, he's never going to be like the guy who gives like a rousing speech. I don't think he did a bad job at his speech, but like 
that's not his vibe. So it is kind of crazy to be like, to have people yelling and like going nuts. And also, they seemed, it seemed out of place. It was just like, what are you guys, this is the mood. Like during Trump's State of the Unions, there was a mood, there was a dark energy. Everybody had a goal because yeah. it was important. But and, also people but, didn't yell at him. No, they no, didn't yell they at never, him. They just made reactions. Or but. wore white. Like they would just literally like all wear the same color. Same so or just not clap. So. Right. Or not clap or look angry. They didn't yell. So it's like actually the only people who have, because Obama, you lie, was during the State of the mm-hmm. Union where that man yelled, you lie at him. So it's really only Republicans who have ever like yeah. got, in, in modern memory, gotten up. I don't know once we go far yeah. back who, when when people would literally beat the shit out of each other. Like, it just seems like shouting at an 80-year-old man at 9.45 p.m. at night is not, is elder yeah. abuse. Well, that's don't just, that. yeah, that's just being at Denny's. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> that's just an evening at Denny's. I did see a good meme that was that AOC reposted, and it was like, it showed a picture of her where it's like a good New York City, a Brooklyn slice, and then the picture of them, it was like a Papa John slice. <laughs> oh, my God. But they are they are definitely like a, a bootleg a bootleg squad. So let's start with a broad assessment. The Suicide Squad. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're going to get uh, FBI's investigating. I am referring to comic book characters. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> well, unlike 70% of Americans apparently did approve of Biden's hour and a half on address, which what he was reportedly writing up to right before, which I think is really impressive. Um, he does have a stammer from childhood. Yeah. And he, it's just incredible that nobody with, with that type of disability should have to be expected to deliver that type of performance under extreme stress. And he he did. And so I just thought that was important for people who want to, for the, the people on the right who want to act like he's sleepy and doesn't, is not um, fit for office. Like for Joe Biden, this is a particular challenge and he did great. He looked great. God, even their insults are I know. stupid. Sleepy, sleepy Joe. <laughs> sleepy. It's like, are we all like, a little sleepy? Yeah, should we be, not. Should we, yeah. Maybe Betcha should make a sleep shirt that just says Sleepy Joe. <laughs> that I might mean, already be a brand. There's a brand called Sleepy Something. Anyway. Sleepy Time Bear. Oh, yeah. The of course. The tea. The tea. <laughs> is this a thirst trap? That <laughs> mean. Sorry. So he focuses portions on Russia, on stressing the seriousness of the sanctions imposed so far. It definitely seemed to me like he was taking a really hawkish tone about these sanctions amid Criticism from some that he should be doing more. I mean, we talked about this Tuesday. A no-fly zone is not is not an option, really, right now that, that would be safe for, for the world. So I think he wanted to show that the steps he is taking are very, very serious, and he is oriented towards, like, not letting Putin get away with any of this anymore. So I thought he did a good job with that. He and the audience weren't wearing masks, which I think was an impactful messaging strategy for the speech uh, that stressed us how much this administration has done to address the pandemic, even in spite of unexpected challenges. He also spent a lot of time trying to assure Americans that his administration is doing everything it can to manage inflation, getting ahead of some of these GOP talking points. Those elements stress providing Americans with more social services to mitigate the impact of inflation. So, you know, he didn't deny that inflation is happening, um, but he set out a plan to make it a little bit easier on on Americans. And I feel like it's worth noting that, you know, inflation's so so wild right now that mm-hmm. I'm sure for some families, the child tax credit was just helping them get what they were getting yeah. before. And, you know, I'm not an economist and maybe there, I don't know how, infl- maybe there is a correlation, but I'm not sure. But anyway, do we want to rate the speech with letter grades or on a scale of one to 10? Ooh, you know, I would actually go with, a, I feel like a letter grade and I would give That feels him. right. 
Well, now we have to figure out the scale because my high <laughs> Is school. Is it enough? I know me and Lisa have been traumatized by high school. Because our seven high point grade scale. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, yeah, 91 was a B plus. Outrageous. Oh, outrageous. Outrageous. What, even like AP classes? Because I've yes. everything. Everything. AP classes would always help me because I would fail math, but then oh, right. get like a B in AP and then that would. You just had to get, you had to do better to get a B. Like an 80 was a C. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Traumatizing. This is why I had to transfer. <laughs> No, we did it, but I don't know why we have this. And all, we would always complain to our guidance counselors, like, but you don't understand. I you have to tell the schools that I'm going to what things are different here and what my actual grades would be. And they'd always be like, no, 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 they know. That's they what know. they always say. Yeah. They don't know. No, they didn't They know. don't know. But anyway. as we mentioned, Florida education system <laughs> wins again. Elise has the same degree as Joe Biden. So. I do have the same degree as Joe Biden. Um, and what would you, what grade? What uh, what grade would I give? We're going to do a 10-point grading system. Okay, fair. I would give him a fair B minus. Fair B minus. What brought it from a B to a B minus? What brought it from a B to a B minus is um, what we'll get to. The okay. weird, some weird, the fun the police thing I yeah. thought was weird. The fact that he didn't actually say the word abortion I thought was weird. I'm just. I see where politically he made the decisions that he made in his speech. It's just not a direction that I'm particularly jazzed about. I think that's, yeah. I think that's perfectly and said. And so I feel B minus about the whole thing. Same. B minus? Yeah, like I would say C or B minus. Or just like, yes, like I understand. And to a certain extent, it's like, it's just not like Trump at all, yeah. you know? It is like I mean, this, this is what I was thinking when it was happening. I was, the night it was happening, I was like, oh, this is going to be boring. And I was like, oh my God, what a privilege yeah. that this might be boring. And I know that's that's probably not boring to like people who are on their edge of their seat to see what he does about, you know, Russia. But like, I was like, this isn't going to be, we're not going to get insane micro and macro regressions for an hour and a half. Yeah. Yes. Incendiary, like where your blood's boiling at the end. But he has to doing... do 10 explainers tomorrow. Exactly. <laughs> but like he's... He's making these political decisions that I feel are catering to Republicans and like people who are not interested in pushing forward his agenda and in those ways. But I think that's just a general, like always like a general critique, you know, is that um, they're they're always going to cater to the middle. Uh, so in that way, yeah. yeah, it's like I'm not excited about it. Like I see. Yeah, I see that, but the execution is great. Mm -hmm. But I'm not. I think. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you too. I'll bring him up to a B, just because I think he exceeded expectations Mm. and he didn't make any huge blunders that could be. I think the other side, and we'll talk about this, was was good at you know selecting selecting ways to get people fearful. But like you said, it was clearly a speech oriented towards the midterms and oriented towards the voters that yes, Democrats and Joe Biden uh, do need. But at the same time, I sort of wonder, like, who are you worried about losing still at this point? I mean, somebody who was not among the 78 percent of Americans who approved of the speech was Democratic Senator Joe Manchin. Yeah. (laughs) Joe Manchin, who sat with the Republicans. Republicans, Sat with Republicans. And then after the speech, (laughs) he said, I've never found it. He's, you know, he was asked for comment. And he just said shitty things. He's like, you know, whatever. It was fine. He said, I've never found that you can lower costs by spending more. And Mitt Romney, who he sat with, responded like, oh, perfectly said. So, like, here we have Joe Manchin being extremely unhelpful and basically writing campaign ads for Republicans. And Elise, I know you felt particularly concerned with the effectiveness of the Republican rebuttal to the State of the Union, which came from Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds. Yeah, I watched it, um, which I discussed with you. And 
I didn't think that Kim Reynolds was like a star in any way she in particular. Need to be. Um, and she, you know, the message was infuriating to me. Like it made me feel like exorcism, like turned my head around, <laughs> like <laughs> pea soup vomit everywhere. But it was a really, really clear message, which was. Uh, which I, you know, I don't agree with. But the message was basically Democrats are responsible for all of this chaos. Mm. They don't have they they don't have common sense COVID policies. They want to keep you going into lockdown. They want to keep masks on and masks off. They want to continue to disrupt your life with COVID. Um, inflation is terrible because of them. And um, the very typical conservative message of like, and they want to come into your house and tell you what to to teach to your kids and tell you how to live your life. And they're so concerned with all of these social issues that they don't care about your bread and butter issues, which is so it's very frustrating because that's. It's like they're talking about themselves. I mean, listen, it's like when the if, cheater if, if is were, like worried you're cheating type of a deal. Right. Yeah. And if you told me that was a Democrat giving a rebuttal, I would be n- maybe nodding with you. Yeah, it's uh, it's a good message. There was there were two lines that really got me. Number one was she was like, the president's agenda didn't pass because members of his own party have had enough, which I was well, like, ah! I was like, how dare you? How dare you bring that up? Yeah. That's family. That's interior family business. <laughs> Don't you dare talk about my family. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, that's really messed up. Meredith Marks. And yeah, oh yeah, don't talk about my family. But, <laughs> um, but then she also had a line that, again, like full head spinning around, pea soup vomit. Uh, she was like, Democrats want to send money to millionaires and billionaires in California and New York. So they're trying to do this thing. They're trying to make, they're doing the thing they normally do, which is like the Democrats are the elitists. The Democrats only care. The Democrats are the San Francisco school board and they only care about these social issues. I didn't get my million dollars. I know. And they, they only care about these social issues and making you feel bad and their chaos and they don't have any common sense. And we do. And I think that it's a strong message for people who don't pay attention to the news, do feel the pain of inflation, do feel just that general feeling of chaos that does exist, but they don't know why. And like those of us who pay attention to the news know that it's it is it's a lot because of Republicans blocking everything. We can't pass any legislation. We can't fix this country because of the people who are blocking things. But the average American who sees who hears that message maybe doesn't realize and Mm -hmm. it did freak me out because it felt like they had a very clear uh case that they were making going into the midterms and I wonder about all the different steps that we have to take to combat it to be like well actually inflation is high because of this and it feels like we're going to be well actuallying a lot of stuff and I don't know how good that works and like uh, like again we are Again, tailoring to their talking points instead yes. of making our own. He said, fund the police yeah. to so, cater to their talking exactly, points exactly. To, instead of making our own. And it's like, I know we're going to talk about that, but it's like, what if our case was... You need us, too. Yeah, yeah, you need us. You need us. Like, <laughs> absolutely. I think... Um, the progressives have been the only reliable ones. Like, the progressives actually vote for the bills to move forward. And, like, like the squad and stuff. Like, they're not actually the ones stopping the Rashida House passed the leave. Women's... Yeah, yeah the House passed the Women's Health Protection Act. Both AOC and Cory Bush, Bush did... Uh, 
just stress what they were disappointed about. And we'll take a few moments to discuss parts of the speech that people had issues with, especially progressives. Like we said, Biden is playing to the middle here. And that's that's fine. We understand why. But like as progressives who are in favor of progressive policy outlooks, not centrist ones, we're allowed to have opinions on some of the, some of the things you said. I think people are very nervous about Biden's reelection. So when you criticize him, people are like, you're you're making it worse. You're making it, it yeah. harder. But we're in a contained space. <clears throat> yeah. And we have a right to have our, our concerns heard. That's family. Well. Yeah, we're exactly. talking among family. Exactly. We can walk and chew gum. Precisely. You guys Precisely. see that I'm working on my Meredith Marks. It's a little Anna Delvey. It is a little Anna Delvey in there. <laughs> you look so fat. <laughs> <laughs> I did watch it with Deanna. <laughs> oh, me too. Ate it up. So one clip when Bi- there was one clip when Biden vowed to fund the police. Let's listen to that. We should all agree the answer is not to defund the police. It's to fund the police. Fund them. Fund them. That is not what all the voter registration drives in summer 2020 were, were really hoping for. But what... I, who was that for? Yeah, so I understand what they're doing, right? Fox News and Republicans are saying, like, there are activists that have been in March, tw- um, June 2020, talking about defund the police, abolish the police, all of that. And what Republicans did is in bad, you know, or not in bad faith, but like said that all, all Democrats, e- even Joe Biden, even the centrist ones, even the moderate ones, are are fighting for what these activists want. Yeah. So this is so um in more red or purple areas, they blame the progressive, like they blame progressive legislation on loses. You know, they're like, oh well, I, you know, I like Democrats, but I think we do need police departments. So I, you know, and like even police unions are are mad at Democrats and stuff. So he's directly responding to those arguments yeah. or the, to those things being like the 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 actual democratic politicians don't want to defund the police we want to fund them but to you know the progressive point of view is just like yeah what do you do or like how do you speak to a young black voter in georgia who fucking waited eight hours nine hours to to vote and yeah. and now it's illegal to give them water and you know how do you like how do you incite them to vote when when we I see black people them. getting killed all the time and it's not even like fund the police it's like again we got rid of the child tax credit we don't fund education one of the most popular tv shows in america which like i love this show but it drives me crazy is abbott elementary mm-hmm. which is about a poor black school in philadelphia and like all of the hijinks ensue because they have no money to pay for books and mm-hmm. they don't have light bulbs and and like that's the running gag and like we all laugh about it because that is our reality so to see this president who's like we need, they need more money like the nypd needs all the police robot dogs literally a whole episode about how to get a damn rug yeah exactly <laughs> and a rug because a kid needs to sleep on it because he doesn't have a police to sleep in his house. Like that is the reality of this country. So it's like, I understand like to Elisa's point earlier, I understand why he's doing it. Like I understand he wants to debunk the Fox news stuff, but it's like, it just feels like it's at cost to 
you know, our votes. Exactly. Like I'm fine when he, he, he enters the center in, the, in a way where it doesn't have a deleterious effect. It doesn't hurt us. But let's pivot to the abortion thing with that because I, I expressed disappointment that he didn't say the word abortion. And I got a lot of opinions, a lot of people disagreeing with me about that. So I, I think that's great. Mm-hmm. So that's why I wanted to talk about it today. So Biden also referenced the need to protect reproductive rights. Let's listen to how he phrased that. Advancing liberty and justice also requires protecting the rights of women. The constitutional right affirmed by Roe v. Wade, standing precedent for half a century, is under attack as never before. If you want to go forward, not backwards, we must protect access to health care, preserve a woman's right to choose, and continue to advance maternal health care for all Americans. So that's a strong statement. Mm-hmm. I feel supported as a person with a uterus mm-hmm. hearing that statement. But no president in history has ever said the word abortion during a State of the Union. So Mm -hmm. that obviously includes presidents that we stand, like Obama. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nobody has ever said it. Joe Biden has a unique relationship to supporting abortion rights himself. He's a Catholic who has only recently changed his stance on the Hyde Amendment. And like I said, I think this was a nicely phrased approach, politically speaking. However, I am somebody who wants my president to say abortion on TV, even if it costs him politically, because I do think it costs women something when we don't say this, I mean, when you whisper about things, that's when mm. they become stigmatized and mm-hmm. you can take them away. And do you, what, do you, what do you guys think? Do you think the word is important or do you think it's the wrong hill to die on and it doesn't really, the word itself is not necessarily relevant to uh, his urgency and expressing urgency around abortion rights? Well, I mean, I don't think it's a wrong hill to die on because I think it's an interesting I think it's an interesting conversation when we're talking about an administration that has kind of gone out of its way to do a lot of firsts and to who that it's an administration that seems very well aware of things of that nature. Like, okay, if I said abortion, it would be the first time if I reference that if I reference trans kids in this way, it'll be the first time like they're an administration that has geared themselves towards doing those kinds of things. So it does feel like a purposeful choice to not say it. So it's worth talking about why that choice was made. And it goes kind of, all of it to me is related to what we were just talking about with the fund of the police. It's like, I see who he's catering to and trying to not make uncomfortable. But I just question whether or not that actually works like yeah. i just don't think yeah. i don't think any people who want to attack joe biden for defunding the police or for supporting abortion are going to be like well actually he didn't he said fund the police exactly. in the state of the union or actually that's not what he said in the state of the union like they're not going to do that but that black kid that you were talking about who waited in line in georgia like that kid does remember that the president said fund the police mm-hmm. in that way and i feel like it like it was like an antagonistic thing to say too like that to perp- yeah 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 sorry to go back to like the thing we were talking about before but like he flipped he flipped the words of activists purposefully and yeah. i feel like it's like why are you coming for the people who like had such a hard time to vote for you that pushed you over the edge yeah exactly like it seems like it seems like it was done in a particularly antagonistic way to to progressives when it's like, why did you have to do it like that? Because totally. the progressives are the ones that are going to remember. You're These Republicans are not going to remember. They don't care. And as far as saying abortion, like, yeah, I think that a lot of 
people uh, benefit from it being like a whisper Mm -hmm. network. Mm -hmm. And so for the president to say it, it would have been more powerful. I don't think it means that he's not actually dedicated to the cause in any way, but it's hard to imagine that he wasn't aware that if he said it, it would have been historic. I think also, too, I'm like, I'm not split. Like, I do appreciate that at least, you know, argument-wise and... Politically, he's aligned with protecting reproductive rights. But by not saying the word abortion, like saying freedom of choice, it does like leave room for that that mind view of like, well, I think abortion's wrong. But if somebody else wants to do it and it's like, no, abortion is healthcare. healthcare. It is just like getting a mastectomy. It's just a, it's just a thing that people do. It's a procedure. And the more that we say it and we normalize it and we stop doing the whisper things, then it doesn't leave space for us to be like, well, I, because the caveats are where we lose a lot of people or people are like, yeah, you know, well, if, if I wouldn't do it, why would I let other people do it and all this stuff? And it's just like, actually, it's just a procedure to remove tissue at a certain point. So it's like, Right, right. I mean, when you say choice and like trigger warning, miscarriage and stillbirth, when you have to have a procedure after that happens to you, like it is sometimes technically referred to as an abortion. And there are people in Texas who can't like end their pregnancies that are not going to be viable in humane ways. And that's called abortion. Yeah. I personally just, I I think the people that are like, why are you going to die on this hill? I'm not. I'm not going to die on that hill. Just yeah. personally, bringing something it. up isn't dying on that no. hill. Yeah. Also, <laughs> like, not to no. make it all big, but I, I just personally, I don't think it's a coincidence that no president has ever said the word abortion, and many women are likely going to lose our abortion rights in June. Yeah. Like because that just seems so. Cra- Everyone's like, how did this happen? How is that so regressive? Yeah. And there are a lot of factors, but I certainly don't think that whispering around the medical term. Especially because the reason people have graphic associations with it are because of how, how because of how anti-abortion rights people have misrepresented it. Yeah, it's like you don't want to say the word because you don't want to evoke the horrible signs that they're holding out places yeah. and and you know tr- troubling decisions that people have to be made. So you know, I, I I guess I had a hard time seeing what it would have cost him necessarily, and maybe some people disagree. But I mean, certainly when we have our first woman, if she is a Democrat, hopefully she says it. Yeah. And we will definitely, I'm sure he'll say it after, he'll be saying it after June, most likely. Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. Well, that is our show for today. Thank you, guys. Until the end of Democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. And I'm Elise Morales. And this is the Betches Sub Podcast. Bye. The Betches Sub Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Sean Kilby. Editing by Jorge Morales-Pico. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore SUP on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails to SUPPod at Betches.com. Betches.